Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. All right, we're beginning a new set of episodes here, which is something I've wanted to do for quite some time. And um, I thought now's the time. Good to try things that are a little bit different. These episodes are going to be called the rules of language learning. And they are the ideas, principles, um, techniques, foundational elements of language learning that I think are beyond dispute for anyone who is serious about learning languages. Now, when I say beyond dispute, they are, of course, not beyond dispute because everything is up for grabs in language learning and pretty much everything is disputed. So I expect that at least half of what I talk about here um, will be open to criticism and controversy and argument and dispute, dismissed by academics and pilloried by other people who have different ideas about language learning. And I don't care because... I think it would be very beneficial to have a concise list of the things that I think are important in language learning based on uh, on, on my experience. That way you can um, at least see what they are and then take it or leave it based on uh, on your own preferences. Now, this is not an original idea. I actually got this idea from a guy called Ben Settle, who is an email expert. You can find him at bensettle.com. And he, in turn, got this from another guy whose name I can't remember. So it's, uh, it's not an original idea, but um, I really liked it. And so I'm appropriating the idea for myself. Um, I like the prospect of having a kind of collection of, uh, of of ideas and principles that are easy to filter through and easy to read and easy to access. Because I'm aware that a lot, a lot of the stuff I do is quite long form, quite um, elaborate, and not necessarily easy to, to kind of access. So I like the idea of having it all kind of contained in one place. I might also at some point kind of collate, or depending on how far we get, uh, collate these ideas into a book of some kind. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, what I'm going to do with these episodes is basically just work through this list that I've been building up for quite some time. And in each episode, we'll see how far we get. And um, when I feel like enough is enough, we'll pull the plug and we'll continue it at some future date. So that's the background. Before we get into this, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, the wonderful italki, the people who keep the lights on over here. They have language teachers, language coaches, language speaking partners, and a wonderful community of people. If you'd like to get more practice speaking your target language, then you could do a lot worse than going to italki to to start doing that. And you can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. And if you haven't done it yet, despite hearing this message hundreds of times, you really should. I will teach you a language.com forward slash free lesson. You can sign up for an account with italki and you get $10 worth of free credit. You could be having that first speaking session this time tomorrow. It's that easy. All right. So let's get started with the first rule of language learning, according to Ollie. And these are in no particular order. Uh, I am literally going to go through and read off my uh, my list of my ever ballooning list of language learning rules and principles and things like that and just talk about each one as it comes up. So let's go. Number one, study at your desk. It's the first rule of language learning. Study at your desk. So thousands of people will immediately burst out in protest. But Ollie, I study uh, in the bus, on the train, walking to work. And of course, yes, you can. You can study in all kinds of different places. 
Um, the point here is not necessarily that it has to be at your desk, but it has to be in a place where you can focus and concentrate. There is a reason that one person can study Italian for three months and become fluent, and yet the next person studies Italian for three years and can barely string a sentence together. It's not luck or coincidence or chance or anything like that. It is the degree to which they can focus and concentrate. I find personally that when I'm sat at my desk studying, for me it's in the morning, in the early hours, and the the desk for me is a place which is organised for language learning. It's a clear space, I'm sitting comfortably, I get up specifically to study languages. So it is an environment that is perfectly set up for me to, to do this task. For me, that environment is where I'm able to focus. And the degree to which I'm able to focus is 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 shockingly high compared to other places. So I often do language study on the bus, for example, or, or when I'm walking or when I'm sort of sat waiting for, for somebody doing flashcards on my phone or whatever. But nothing even comes close to the level of focus and concentration that I'm able to get when I'm sitting at my desk. Okay, so the point here is not that you have to be sitting at your desk, but you need to think about the environment in which you're studying and realize that you can have you can produce a dramatically different results by being able to focus and concentrate uh, at a deeper level. It's not something to be brushed off. I'm aware that you may have no choice but to study on the train on your commute into work. And that's the only free time you have, in which case, you know, you, you, you kind of got your hands tied a little bit. But if you do have some flexibility, then this is something extremely powerful to experiment with and it will yield uh, dividends. What's certainly true is that many people, I think when they sit down to study languages, they they it's, it's almost as if something you do kind of to relax for fun at the end of the day. And of course, that's a huge part of language learning. But you need to have a dedicated time every day where you are working to the best of your ability, where you are really focused and really concentrating. From what I've seen, people that approach language learning with too much of, uh, I feel the controversy just bubbling away as I say this, but people that approach language learning with too much of a kind of uh, happy, relaxed attitude don't uh, get, they, they find it difficult to get results. They find it, they find that progress doesn't come reliably. And that's because they're not applying enough rigor to what they're doing. Okay, So the metaphor of study at your desk is meant to say that in amongst everything that you do in your language learning, you've got to have some time where you're able to focus and concentrate to the best of your ability. Okay, the rules of language learning, number two. Don't learn grammar before you need it. Now, the background to this is that grammar is something that is easily taught in a language. Teachers tend to teach grammar, and the reason that teachers teach grammar is because it's something that is tangible, it's easy to break down, it's easy to identify, and as a result, it's easy to teach. The reason that textbooks tend to organise themselves around grammar is that is exactly the same reason. It is easy to break it down, it's a very, very conducive to being taught, is grammar. Okay, But that doesn't mean it's the thing that should be taught or, or should be learnt. Grammar, because it is something that is uh, that we can wrap our heads around fairly easily in terms of a study task, a set of rules to be learned, what that means is that many people that sit down to learn a language take a grammar-first approach. They probably remember their days at school and the kind of lessons that they had, and they remember 
that. And so that's instinctively what they go towards. Um, but the danger of placing too much attention on grammar, especially at the beginning, is that you'll never get anywhere. Grammar can't be perfected by learning rules. It simply can't. I don't know what percentage of grammar can be realistically learnt through rules, but it's almost certainly a smaller percentage than you actually think. The only way to properly absorb grammar and to learn to use it in a natural way is by using, by learning it through, uh, through, through, well, in context, through reading and listening to material in the language. If you don't do that, then Every time you come to use grammar, you're going to be th- you're going to be thinking in terms of rules. You're going to be thinking, okay, where does that pronoun go in relation to the verb, and what's the verb, the correct verb ending, and whatever else you have to think about with the grammar. Whereas if you learn grammar from context, if you learn it from uh, from seeing it in material in the language, what happens is you develop this natural instinct for how it's used, when it's used, where it's used. Um, even the kind of phrases and expressions that it's used in. And so that ends up filtering through to your own speaking. And you, you, without knowing it often, you start to use grammar that you've never actually studied and you've never actually learned the rules for. Now, this is not supposed to be a blanket ban on studying grammar because uh, I often look up grammar uh, rules in my books and things like this. But here's the key. I only look up grammar when uh, in response to the grammar that I've seen being used somewhere. So for example, if I'm reading an article, there's a bit of grammar being used and I don't know why that is being used, then I'll go and look it up. And looking up that rule helps to then unlock the text that I'm working with. It's a reactive approach to learning grammar. Almost all the time, in fact, if you were able to say to yourself, well, okay, well, I don't understand that grammar, but Whatever, it doesn't matter because I can understand the context and I can still follow along. That's enough. In fact, it's probably even preferable that you do that because every time that you stop to, to think too much about grammar, you're slowing yourself down. It's less time that you're spending actually uh, exposed to the language. And what happens is if you're able to develop this, this, this tolerance for ambiguity, if you're able to develop a, this tolerance for not understanding exactly why things are are being used but but you're able to live with it and you're able to keep pressing on with your reading and your listening and your you're consuming the language what you're doing is you're creating the potential for you to learn that grammar naturally i'm i'm uh, at the moment learning japanese uh learning japanese grammar um because i i've often, japanese grammar is something that i quite i neglected quite a lot when i was learning japanese i got fairly comfortable at communicating in the language but i was i missed a lot of grammar and the way i've been approaching it is by doing a lot of listening and reading to uh to japanese that's kind of slightly above my level and it's incredible the amount of uh well for a start the amount of grammar that i wasn't even aware of in the language little little verb endings and sentence patterns and things like that but it's also amazing that once i've become aware of these how much they start to seep into my speaking without me even realising. It's incredible. The big danger, and this is what happens to so many people, especially those who have experience of learning grammar at school through a a more traditional grammar-centric method, is that they take the approach of thinking that the key to the language is the grammar, but it's not. Almost all of the meaning that's conveyed is through vocabulary. The grammar just helps to glue it all together, and it doesn't have to be studied in most cases. 
Okay, now, obviously, speaking the language well involves the correct use of grammar. So you do have to learn it, but don't focus on learning grammar until you actually need it. And the way that you know that you need grammar is that you are you are reading and listening to material in the language. You see some grammar that you're curious about that you feel would help to unlock the meaning of the passage that you're reading. And then you look it up and you understand what's going on. And as soon as you do that, you then go back to the text and you carry on. You've then primed your brain with the kind of logic of the grammar that should help you understand what you're reading. And then the next time you see it, you're going to recognize it and you're going to say, OK, that's what's going on. And you won't have to do any memorizing of rules or anything like that. OK. Number three, the third rule of language learning. Review, review, review. This is the rule. <laughs> review, review, review. I remember when I first uh, started learning languages and I, and I really didn't have any idea what I was doing. Um, I, I was I'm very aware now of having this tendency of um, always learning new things. So I would look at this book, say this beginner's French grammar book or something, and I'd, and, I'd, and I'd think to myself, oh, look at all the wonderful, juicy information inside this book. If only I could go and, and learn all of it, then I would be able to to speak French, or then I would know French or something like that. This is what happens with textbooks and courses. You're given a syllabus of things, maybe a list of words you need to know, maybe a list of grammar points you need to, you need to, to learn. And our approach to learning in general, because this is, this is the way things are taught in school, it's, it's our education system, is we have this very completist view of learning. We say, okay, in order to learn a language, you've got a set number of things to learn. And once you learn them, that's it, you're done. Well, that might work in chemistry, where you've got to learn the periodic table. It might work in maths, where you have a certain number of equations to learn for a test or something like that. But it doesn't work in language learning. Understanding things intellectually does not equate to being able to use it when you're actually speaking the language yourself. And so when you take an approach of, right, I'm going to learn all these words, or I'm going to learn all these grammar points, you may well be able to cover them, which is to say you may be able to go through it in your book and complete the exercises and take the lessons, but that is not the same thing as actually knowing them. In general, when you're learning a new thing, whether it's a new word or a new grammar point, it's a good idea. The best practice, I would say, is to look at it briefly, get an idea of what it is, and then move on. It's best to cover more ground and learn a bunch of new things in a short space of time, because the big task is not the learning of these new words, but the big task is actually then going all the way back to the beginning and reviewing it all tons and tons of times. Okay? I think the way that I approach this is thinking that if you spend 20% of your time learning new words and phrases and grammar points, then you should spend 80% of your time actually going back and reviewing old things because it's in the review that you learn and remember and place things into your long-term memory. It's in the review when you consolidate things that you're learning and these things become, become intake rather than input, which is to say that you actually know them. It's very, very rare that you'll, you'll learn something and then remember it the first time. It's very rare that you'll hear a new a new word and it'll stick in your brain. It does happen from time to time. And I think we all remember hearing a new word or reading a new word and it's sticking. And so we kind of think, well, oh, if we just try harder, 
then it should be possible for every new word to, to stick or whatever. Not the case. The only way to really absorb language and to really take it in and own it is by going back and reviewing things over and over again. Now, the, the, the kind of core principle here is that of review, and there are many ways to do this. The most practical way, and the way that I tend to approach languages now, is by having texts that I study. These could be articles, they could be stories, uh, they could be uh, dialogues in a textbook, whatever it may be, but content in the language, and going back and listening and reading to that stuff many, many, many times over. When you do this, what you realise is that actually it's not about the particular word that you're learning. It's not about memorising that word. It's not about fully understanding a, a grammar rule, for example. But what, what it's about is with every repetition and every time you go back and review that text, what happen, what's happening is that the, the text as a whole becomes more cohesive inside your brain. You can link together more of the, more of the words and the phrases. You can make more sense of the grammar because once you know the words better, the grammar is easier to, to analyze. And so it's like a, it's like a kind of, a kind of a big matrix of random things that with every repeat listen or read that you do kind of just starts to slowly take the form of a picture. And then after you have, uh, you know, covered or reviewed this material enough times, you kind of end up with this beautiful crystallized artwork in front of you. You kind of, <laughs> that you, completely understand and completely see because you've become so familiar not just with the the individual words themselves but how they all fit together and convey meaning 80 percent of your time spent in review and only 20 percent of your time spent learning new things again the reason that it's so important i think to go through new things quite quickly is because the big danger is that if you try to learn it properly the first time Again, whether it's a grammar rule or a word or whatever, if you try to memorize it properly the first time, you're going to spend all of your time doing that at the expense of what you should be doing, which is going back and reviewing. Okay. Now with, with these, with content, these, you know, texts, articles, whatever, that's one way of doing it. You could also get very creative with it. If you have a speaking partner, you can have a conversation on a particular topic and then you can repeat that conversation over and over. So you can talk about, say, uh, North Korea. So maybe you want to learn uh, vocabulary associated with North, with North Korea. And then once you've had that conversation with your speaking partner, you can say, right, can we have that same conversation again? Repeat the conversation. And then you can do it again. And then the next time you meet them the following week, you can repeat that same conversation. If you have someone that's willing to kind of play along, then what you get is you create this, this opportunity for review and repetition. So the vocabulary starts to make more sense. You can anticipate it. You understand it more easily. You start to be able to use it yourself. If every time you're meeting your speaking partner, you move on to new topics, there's no opportunity for stuff to, 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 to crystallize. There's no opportunity for things to consolidate in your mind because you're continually grappling and fighting against all this new input. And your brain is somehow having to, having to, to take on board and process but of course, there's no need for all that struggle, because if you simply kind of lock it in and then go back and revisit it multiple, multiple times, uh, then your brain will learn all of it naturally and you will have a, a much happier time of it because you, you just simply don't have to do so much kind of active uh, memorization of stuff. Uh, in my course, uh, Bulletproof Memory, which is all about um, memory techniques and 
placing vocabulary into your long-term memory. One of the main focuses of the course is on repetition and the fact that you need to put in place, put, uh, put in place uh, a system of going back and reviewing the stuff that you've tried to learn. Nothing else can make up for that if you don't do it. If you don't go back and systematically review everything many, many times, there is nothing else that you can do that will help you advance. It's absolutely crucial. So we've talked about uh, going back and rereading texts to review. We've talked about uh, holding conversations multiple times with your speaking partner. Even if you are the kind of person that likes to sit down and learn lists of words, which is generally thought of not to be a particularly great technique, the way that you can make it more effective is to, say, do that every 30 minutes. You go back to your list of words every 30 minutes uh, for a whole day or for a whole week or something like that. By introducing an element of repetition, you are massively increasing your chances of, of, of remembering the vocabulary you're trying to learn. All right, so we've covered three rules. We've got number one, study at your desk. Number two, don't learn grammar before you need it. Number three, review, review, review. Uh, I think I, having just recorded this, I've kind of found myself talking a bit more than I thought I would. I thought I might go a little bit quicker through these, but maybe you can tell me. Head over to the show notes and let me know. Did you enjoy this episode? Is this uh, something you would like more of? Should I speed up? Should I try and cover more? Uh, I'd be very interested to hear your 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 thoughts on this because after all, I'm making this for you. So come over to the show notes. I will teach you a language.com forward slash episode two five seven. Tell me, Ollie, I love it. Ollie, I hate it, or um, whatever else you'd like to tell me. And um, if you'd like to ask me a question, you can do that. You can go to I will teach you a language.com forward slash ask and there's a widget there where you can leave a voice message and i'll answer it on the show in some uh, some future episode now at the end of every episode i'd like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show but i'm not going to do that today because i think we've covered quite a lot already so head over to the show notes let me know what you think of uh, of this format this style of uh, of episode and i'll see you back in episode 258 Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.